Please uh, open your Bibles to 2 Samuel chapter 5. I'm going to read some verses there this morning for our text. And I'd like for you to stand too as we read this together. This is the inspired Word of God. And we're so thankful that we have an opportunity to read it aloud and ask God's Holy Spirit to help us understand it. We'll be reading from verse 22 through 25, 2 Samuel chapter 5. And the Philistines came up yet again and spread themselves in the valley of Rephraim. And when David inquired of the Lord, he said, Thou shalt not go up, but fetch a compass behind them and come upon them over against the mulberry trees. And let it be when thou hearest the sound of a going in the tops of the mulberry trees, then that then thou shalt bestir thyself. For then shall the Lord go out before thee to smite the host of the Philistines. And David did so, as the Lord had commanded him, and smote the Philistines from Geber until thou come to Gazer. Please be seated. What I want to try to say this morning is dealing with the wind and that correlation of the wind of the Holy Spirit of God. And I've entitled my message this morning, um, Listen to the Wind. Isn't that what I called it? Something like that. When the wind blows, when the wind blows, same deal. Okay, what I want to ask you to think about with me, uh, in this part of the Bible, David has not long ago been anointed king of Israel. You know, he followed Saul. You also know that David is a type of Jesus Christ. So what's happened to David is, in, in the verses before this, the Philistines are giants. See, uh, the verse 22, that valley of Rephraim, that's, that Rephraim means land of giants, okay? So, so David has, has met these Philistines before, and, and what's important to note here is David asked God what he was supposed to do. And so David uh, got the message from God in the first episode, just a few verses before, where he gained the victory, and God says, go up, and he did, and he won the victory. And now this time, the giants come again. Notice, uh, and the Philistines came yet again and spread themselves in the valley of Rephraim. That means there's a lot of them, a lot of giants in the valley of Rephraim. So David now has got to fight again. A lot of this has to do with us as believers, the battles that we must fight. And uh, to know that, that in the valleys is where the victories are going to be won. Um, and it has to know, and one thing we need to be reminded of, always ask God. Don't ever do anything without asking God, uh, getting God's approval about it. Okay, That's what David did, and that's what's so important. It's one of the important lessons here. Uh, especially uh, when we know when the wind blows. And... Uh, so I want to deal with this from the aspects of, of seeing the Holy Spirit of God and that David uh, asked God what to do. Now God didn't tell him to do the same thing he did the first time. See, the providence of God has different ways of dealing in our lives. 
See, the victory you got once before and you got to face those enemies again, you may have a different deal this time from God. Don't presume on God, okay? So this time, David is told by God to go around behind them and, and that's dealt another way. The deal is, are you listening to God? Are you listening to the wind? Because both in the Greek and the Hebrew, we find that wind and the Holy Spirit means the same thing. In Acts chapter 2, we see the Pentecost and we see the mighty rushing wind. And so we see the effects of that. And so we see here that David is in a predicament. Here's the Philistines who defy the living God. And so David gets stirred up about it. Okay? And so one of the things also I want to remind us, sort of setting the tone for this, is the battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. This same David, when he fought Goliath, proved that, and he says that in 1 Samuel, I believe it's 17 or so, he said the battle is the Lord's. The Lord is really the one that does the work, but he usually uses human instruments. God was using you to deal with the giants in your life. Now you're going to have them, you got them, as long as we're on this earth. I mean, this is problems that seem to be too big for us. It's also those little foxes who destroy the joy of our life. Nevertheless, you've got enemies to deal with, okay? So let's hunker down and get ready for it and ask God to give us the strength, the wisdom, and the perseverance to deal with it. But it's got to come by listening to God. By coming to God, understanding that we do depend on you, God. We do believe that you are true. And we do know that if we don't follow you, we won't make it. Because the very moment you start dealing with whatever situation in life you're dealing with, and you're not inquiring of God, you're then on your own. Okay, You're again on your own. And that's a dangerous place to be. Because we need God so much. We're no match for the devil. We're not. But God is. Remember, he that is in you is greater, though, than he's in the world, no matter how big the giant gets. So what I want to try to see here and ask God to help us uh, is understand three things. I want us to understand the serious situation, first of all, that we're in. That's what David was in, a serious situation. Because these Philistines had heard about his victory they had heard about his being king, and they wanted to get rid of him. And we can understand that in the world today. I mean, this is a battle of spiritual wickedness that we're fighting in high places. So the deal is, are we listening to the wind? Now, God tells David to go down to a most unlikely place and get there by the mulberry trees. These mulberry trees are just trees that are not stately and so good-looking uh, they're kind of low-growing trees, but God says you go down there and there you listen, and then when you hear the sound of a going, that is a marching, like into the Holy Spirit, like into God's angel man, then you move forward uh, as that, but you stay there until then. David had no problem in waiting on God, and that's what we need to do. We get in a serious situation by not inquiring of God. And I know I don't have to tell you guys that how serious the situation in our culture is today. And I believe that we need to listen to the sound 
of the goings in the mulberries. Because our nation, our culture, is under the, 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 the very uh, perils of being destroyed. The family, marriage. I don't have to tell you about the gender deal that's going on. I don't have to tell lots of you where there's a lot more main public of satanic worship. I don't watch the Grammy things, but I saw a glimpse of that from one of the news. They modeled Satan. They had dressed in red. They sung satanic worship songs. And the plea I understand before the very program started was, let us worship. There are worshiping going on as never before of Satan. And we are in a mighty battle. We need to listen. We need to go to God. And we need to inquire. I'm going to tell you, I am humbled and I'm greatly honored to be the chairman of the Southern States Primitive Baptist Bible Conference this summer in July. I hope you can go. I'll tell you why. Because the theme of the conference is this, staying on course in a conflicting culture. There's nine sermons, and those sermons deal with these issues that portray our situation. And the whole theme is, what does the Bible say? Staying on course in a conflicting culture, that's how we stay on course. What does the Bible say? And the nine sermons are, what does the Bible say? about sexual morality? What does the Bible say about marriage? What does the Bible say about gender? What does the Bible say about global warming? What does the Bible say about materialism? What does the Bible say about a conflicting culture? Uh, What does the Bible say about roles? I'm going to tell you, I am looking forward to this because there is going to be, and I told the brethren I asked to give those sermons, that God was going to bless them. They will be a goings in the mulberry trees. You put it on your calendar down at St. Simon's Island, and you pray for those men, and it's nothing you need, you don't know. And I know this, I believe that God's people, we need to portray that. We need to see the rustling in the mulberry trees. We need to have it in the pulpits. We need to have it in God's people. And we need to understand what God has called us. And we need to go to God. We need to go to God and say, God, what does God say about this? Not what our culture says. Not what we feel even. What does God say about it? And you need to stay there till God gives you that unction and God will move it. Now I want to say that and I want to get to this. And I want to try to ask God to help me. I said, serious situation. That's what David's in. And you get in a serious situation. And you understand that's in a valley. Don't get discouraged if you seem to be in a valley right now. Some of you have places in the mountains, and most likely it's a beautiful chalet chalet on the top of a mountain. Enjoy it, and what a blessing. I've been to some of them myself. I love them. But if you notice the people that live in the mountains, the the native people from from the mountains, they don't live up there. They live in the valleys. They live in the places. That's where their schools are. That's where they grow their crops. And that's where we're going to find, we're going to have to live the life for God in the valleys. Now God, too, is not only a God of the mountains. 
He's not only a God that says, well, he's God when we're blessed and when we everything is hunky-dory and everything's doing good and we're sitting in a beautiful church like this with a beautiful congregation like you. But I'm going to tell you, he's also the God of the valleys. He's also the God that can take your life right in the valley, right in the pits of despair. And like David said in Psalm 40, when he was in the pit and he cried out to God, God lifted him up and he set him upon a rock and he established his going. That's what God does. But I'm going to tell you, God's got to do it. And we ought to inquire humbly to him and ask him to lead us and guide us in every way. So it's a serious, serious situation. Secondly, I want us to know, I want us to see that there's symbolisms in life, in spiritual life, many of them. And uh, two are, are spiritual symbols are wind and fire. I don't think uh, we can argue with that in the Bible. The wind is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. We read the verse a while ago uh, from John chapter 3, verse 8, in a, in a responsive reading. Jesus used the wind as a symbol to tell Nicodemus what it means to be born again. He says that the wind lists us where it goes. Nobody tells the wind what to do. You can't hold the wind in your hand, can you? You can't see the wind, but you can see the evidence of it, okay? So you don't control the wind. The wind controls you. What we need to see in the goings of our world today is prayer, we need to see revival and prayer meetings. We need to pray for our culture, not just for rain or good crops. We need to try, pray for family and marriage. And we need to say, God, help me ask you, inquire of you with whatever's going. I would be willing to say that most couples that are divorced should have never gotten married in the first place. They should have never gotten married because they have not inquired of the Lord. I've been there. I know what it means. And I believe that there's so many things that we don't inquire of God. And when we look back and say, oh God, bless me now to go to you. And nor does it mean that we should uh, say, well, you know, you hear people say, yeah, I got to pray about it. There's something you don't need to pray about. I mean, the apostle Paul on the road to Damascus, when God got through with him, and God says, follow that man or go to the city he told him to go to. The apostle didn't say, well, let me pray about it. <laughs> you don't pray about some things. You do it. Because the movement is there. The goings of the wind, the Holy Spirit is there. And we need to bless God in it. But the symbolism is here. Now, I want you to see, too, that God says to David, you go down by the mulberry tree. Another symbolism is a tree. Psalms chapter 1, the very first division of Psalms, talks about you as a person as a, that believes it's like a tree planted by the water. And you bring forth your, tree, your fruit in season. Jesus says you make the uh, tree good and the fruit will be good. So now God is using the mulberry tree. And I want to use the mulberry tree because the mulberry tree is a lot like a Christian ought to be. It is a tree that has been cut down. It's not a bush, but it's been cut down a lot, but it comes back. It has fruit, and it's deciduous. Now, I'm going to tell you, 
to make this symbolism more uh, meaningful, I hope, to you, after this service, I want you to walk outside and I want you to go down to the corridor because I've got some mulberry trees there. I've got some mulberry seedlings and I want you to take some home with you. I want you to plant them if you want to, if you've got room to plant them. There's mulberry, red mulberry. That's the native tree of Georgia. And so I read about this tree. You can Google it. You know, it's, uh, it's, uh, you can plant in sun or half shade or whatever you want to. But it's, uh, I got the seedling from a wildlife nursery in South Carolina. It's very good for wildlife. It's one of the great attractants of birds. Uh, it has fruit. Uh, it doesn't make a mess. Don't plant it by your sidewalk probably or your driveway. But, but that's how Christian life is. You know, our homes are not so tidy, you know. And say, well, you know, if you really live and your home is lived in, sometimes it gets kind of messy, okay? And that's how that mulberry tree is. But I want you to consider taking one if you want it and you plant it and you remember it might be a place that someday God will bless you to inquire of the Lord of something going on in your life. I know I have trees in my yard. I remember when my son John was not far from dying and I remember getting a tree out of the woods, an oak tree, and I planted it in my yard while I was thinking about him. And I still remember that day when my wife Penny was in the house and her twin sister Patty was there visiting. Every time I mow the grass, I see that tree, and I think of my son. I tell you, tree, Jesus was crucified on a tree. We need to see that and bless God. But So that's some of the symbolisms that we see, the, the, the winds that we have. You know, wind, we don't know where it goes or where it comes from. Again, we don't. We know that it comes from God. We know that we can't see it. But we need to see the, that, that it is from God. That we understand how desperately we need the wind of the Holy Spirit to empower our life. David said this in Psalms 51, 12. He said, Lord, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, or take not thy spirit from me. Just before that, he says, uphold me with thy free spirit. Gosh, we need the Holy Spirit of God. We need the wind of God. And uh, did you know this world couldn't stand without the wind? We would burn up or freeze. I mean, that's how God has, has made it. I mean, that is a symbolism that God gives us. We need the wind. I know the wind of a cold day, it'll chill your bones. But the wind of a summer afternoon will be so comforting. And sometimes the symbolism of God's wind is trouble. Stormy winds. You know what happens when a front comes? That's when a high pressure and a low pressure meet. Right now in the United States of America, there's a front. It's called a Jesus front. And the high pressure is coming down and meeting the low pressure of sinful man. And there's a storm brewing. It's a tropical disturbance, but it's going to turn into a hurricane. You watch it. God is in the wind. God is a God that moves, his spirit moves. And we need to understand that and bless him and, and dearly desire God's empowerment and Holy Spirit. And so God says, you listen for the goings down in the mulberry trees. And don't you move too. I mean, you know, when God says move, you move. Don't, don't. Sometimes it's the hardest thing to do is wait. But... Uh, but the wind blows.
And we don't know where it goes either. We don't. But I'm going to tell you this, we depend on it. Uh, we depend on it from the trees. Uh, you notice some green stuff on your car windshields lightly in your hood. You know what that is, don't you? Pollen. You know how it got there? The wind. You know what pollen does? It fertilizes seed. That's what God does. God's good, and he uses the wind, and he uses the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit moves things that are normally actually unmovable. And that's what the wind does. You can't stop the wind. You can't, you can't start. I mean, it comes from God, and that's what I want us to see today in our lives, in our desperate need of God in our world today, and what a blessing it is to see. So that's what David did. It's a signal from God. My third point is this. Not only is it a serious situation that we're in, that's what David was in, but that's where God works so mightily in serious situations like on the cross. Even Jesus went to God, his heavenly father, when he was going to the cross. He inquired of him, you remember, in Gethsemane, didn't he? And then we see that, 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 that we see the, the symbolism in it all. Jesus teaching that, that. That we had nothing to do with our salvation eternally. That the wind has to blow. He tells Nicodemus that. See, Nicodemus was a religious man, but he wasn't saved. He wasn't them saved. He, he was wondering, well, how can this be? Jesus says, you got to have the wind. you got to have the power of God, and only God gives that. And it blows where it lists us. So now we need to see the signal. God said, that's where my signal's going to be. I'm going to tell you what. I got my signal this morning, about 3 o'clock this morning, laying in my bed. I started to get up. I'm going to tell you what. I could hear the, the goings in the mulberry trees. What I mean by that, the Spirit of God. I don't think I slept any after that. I believe that God was praying me to preach. You know, so I, see, God has things for us to do that, that, that are different than others, you know, in our lives. That doesn't make one any better or worse than the other. But, but God has a going. See, David had one uh, method of one victory, and this is altogether different. But God is the one that gets the victory, Jesus. And he does that by his Holy Spirit. Now, the, please know the Holy Spirit is not a force. He's power, but he's a person. He is a Jesus person. He's Jesus God. He's a person. And his gender is masculine, okay? And, and we need to understand that's how it's always going to be. And we need to thank God for that. And we need to see God moving in our lives in that way and looking for the signal of God. So how do we do that? You know, uh, the wind comes, and we need to ask God to show us, to move us in that way. Sometimes I look at the buzzards flying in the sky around my place, and they can just drift and glide with the wind. I mean, you know, they're looking for something dead. I think a lot of Christians fly around just kind of going with the wind, of the world, and they're, want, they're feeding on dead things. They don't know it. But you watch a bird. When a bird has danger, there's some red-tailed hawks down there not far from me. I've been watching them. And when I come up and they get in danger, they fly against the wind. And when we understand that is how we're lifted up, by against the wind, and we go to God in that way, 
And God lifts us up. And maybe the, adver- maybe the adversities of our life is God sending that wind. As we see from the psalmist in Psalm 119, uh, verse 67, David said, until I was afflicted, I went astray. Until I had some wind against me, then I was off course. See, the wind can put you on the course. I'll tell you something else about the wind. It can tell you what not to do. Lots of times I can look out my window when I'm studying. Maybe that afternoon, recently, it was through that. See, I was going to go burn the woods, my forest. I was going to do a control burn. How do you know it's a good time to do it? You watch the wind. Which way is the wind blowing? And you know what, Sister Faye Cameron, I got a weather vane on my barn she gave me years ago, and I've noticed this about that weather vane. When the wind blows north, it shows you north, west, east, or west. But you know, God's love is there no matter which way the wind blows. You hear me? No matter where. So when the wind blows, it doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. It means rather he does. Now there are places, and you know this, you can always find a breeze somewhere. I mean, you know, it might be a certain place on your porch, a certain place, there's a breeze blowing. And I guarantee you, you can find a breeze blowing when you go in that prayer room right here. That's a breeze. God says when we pray, that is the Holy Spirit. You can see it in this room. You can feel it in here. We sung about the sweet spirit. You know where it comes from? It comes from God. You know what God says? Where two or three are gathered in my name, there I'm in the midst. I'll tell you something else. I want to think about the seed of God. I have been many night, days when I was dealing in the woods business. I would walk in the woods and I would be in cruising timber and I would be by myself and for lunch. I would take my backpack, my water, my Gatorade, whatever, and I'd lay down after I ate, and I'd sometimes lay on a log, and I'd look straight up. And I still remember, I'd lay there, and I'd look up at an oak tree, for example, and it had seemed me a summer day, I wasn't any wind blowing. Way up in the top, I'd seen a leaf shaking. Just one leaf. I, always, I never forgot that. I wonder what was happening. See, God works in your life. See, you might be not getting a thing out this little sermon. But somebody might. I'll tell you what I've learned. You know, you got to put up your sail to get God's signal. I've learned this, and I'm trying to repent of it. You know, sometimes I'll be watching TV, and I hear some preacher come on there, and he, especially the advertisement, and they start saying something, and I think to myself, that is not even biblical. But you know what I've learned lately? I said, what I need to say, that message might not be for me. It might be for somebody else. It might be for some person out there struggling. But I'm going to tell you this. You get your sail up. You get your sail up because that person may need you to talk about God's word. You spread out before them the word of God. And God will send the wind to send it wherever he would. God does that. So the situations are there and God says move. That's the sound of the going. I know my daughter Ashley, when I had her in my truck a few times, you know what I did on her? I, I, got, I got right up close to God or tried to, and we talked about life. We talked about Jesus. That was an opportunity for me. I had a captive audience. You'd get with your children. you get with your friends, or you get with whoever, and you share the word of God. That's what it means to see the signal for God. You understand what God has called us to do. We're to get our sail up. Like this, that's what Jesus did on the cross. 
I want you to know this. That's a very miracle of God that you and I have any impressions of Jesus right now in our Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit in our life. Because I'm going to tell you why. In this room, there's all kind of radio and TV signals right now. And we can't get them. Why? Because we don't have a receiver. What God has to do spiritually is give you a receiver to understand that you're a sinner. The natural man receiveth not the things of God, 1 Corinthians 2, 14 says, neither can he know them. See, it's a blessing from God. Why? Because we can get his signal. We can move when the goings in the mulberry trees. You know, uh, inquire of God. Whatever it is. You know, I think of Hunter, my grandson Hunter, uh, during duck season would call me and JC did her time or two and said, Granddaddy, it's all right to go duck hunting down in the branch by your house. And, and you know, I thought about it. I said, really, they could go. They don't have to ask me. But they wanted to inquire, ask me, is all right. And I might say something, well, that's sure, that's fine. There might be some cows over there, just what well, yeah, but, but anyway, they inquire. And that, that, is, that is important that we make that a habit in our lives. Stir yourself. Deal with that bad habit you're dealing with in your life. There's some things that, you know, you got to pull your own wagon. That's what, you, that's what God's called us to do. And he enables us to do that with his Holy Spirit, okay? Jackson Wesley, three-year-old grandson, riding in the truck, likes to head, hold his head out the window. And let the wind blow his hair, you know, on dirt roads. So yesterday, or a few days ago, we were riding, and he was sitting in my lap, you know, I can let him do that on Page Road, I guess. And uh, he just hanged his, hung his head out the window and started, uh, like he's lapping up, you know. I said, Jackson, what you doing? He said, I'm drinking the wind. I said, you're doing what? He said, Granddaddy, I'm drinking the wind. And he just did it over, and he just laughed, and, and he looked on me, he said, Granddaddy, would you, would you drink the wind? I said, I'll do it too. You talking about a fool there with a preacher. I was, I was, me and him was drinking the wind. And you know what? We need to understand that we need to drink the wind. That is the Holy Spirit. God says, you open your mouth wide and I'll fill it. But I'm going to tell you, this wind, this Holy Spirit is powerful and it has effects. And these effects bring Jesus to the reality of our life. May the Lord bless us to understand the serious situation that we're facing. And, and may the Lord understand that gives us the symbolism, the metaphors. Jesus even teach, taught in parables so many times of, of a tree or, a, or the wind or the Holy Spirit or, or how these things work in our lives. It's important that we understand that and that we, we manifest that in our lives. And so may the Lord bless us to see that. And, and also, you know, we get our sails up. God may send a breeze, and we need to be ready for it. We do. We need to be, we be submissive to God. We need to be uh, teachable. Uh, oh, God, send your spirit and, and, and use us and bless us. May, may he do this church May we be the church that God uses one of them to, to go in the world and, and send the message of his grace. 
Because we hear the goings and the mulberries. May the Lord bless you as we bow together. Let's have a prayer. Lord, we thank you for loving us and we thank you for your precious word. May our roots, Lord, sink deep into your love. We realize, Lord, the storms will bend us and break us sometime, but we can always sprout when our roots are set, set, set deep in your love and grace. You're so amazing, Lord. Would you send your Holy Spirit? Not just so, Lord, I can try to preach a good sermon, but, but so, Lord, you'll be glorified, that Jesus will be exalted, and that we will know that you have been here, and that we can leave this place settled in our hearts, oh, Lord, that, that we can sleep when the wind blows. We can rejoice in whatever way you send. And we can be satisfied of knowing, oh God, that the best thing to do when the wind blows is just let it blow. We pray that you would blow. As a song of Solomon reminds us in Psalm 4, Lord, is your church, blow north wind blow, and south wind that your spices may go forth. Oh Lord, help us drink the wind. Help us Remind us of the great blessings, the signals you give us. Oh God, help us not quench your Holy Spirit. But let us, Lord, be freely and use the obstacles of our life, whether they be giants or trees or people or places, to make noise of grace, just like a, a wind chime maybe. Uh, when your wind blows, Lord, that we can even rejoice in our problems. It's how you do business. And we're so thankful, Lord, for the business that you do and for the victory and for the battle that is yours. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.